Good morning, everybody. We have a higher trade in the grain markets here early on Thursday morning. It is 6.30 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures up three and three quarters at 5.16. November soybeans up six at 12.01 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat up five and a quarter at 7.24. December Kansas City wheat up five and three quarters at 7.27 and a half. December spring wheat is up five cents at 9.53 and three quarters. If you guys are listening on the podcast, as always, appreciate it, guys. Leave me a rating or review if you have not already. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like these videos. If you are watching consistently, those are the two things you can do to really help me out to grow this channel. If you need some additional assistance from me, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Click on Grain Marketing Plan in the upper right-hand corner. You can sign up for my subscription service there. Uh, For 49 bucks a month, guys, I send out my morning email to all my subscribers. It includes every overnight headline that you need to be aware of, all my grain marketing recommendations, a lot of interesting charts and graphics. It also includes my subscriber-only videos. Uh, This is one I did yesterday regarding uh, the grain markets and the way that they are priced. Uh, I went back and looked at historical uh, ending stocks and stocks to use ratios and and tried to determine based on that whether or not uh, these markets are priced correctly. And uh, this was an interesting video. I had a lot of positive feedback about this. And I send out videos like this to my subscribers every single business day. So uh, certainly give that deal a shot, guys. There's no uh, other fee. There's no other obligation. You can cancel it at any time if you do sign up and uh, you don't like it. So certainly check that out. More than 10,000 John Deere employees have gone on strike. The strike was announced just after midnight last night. These employees are members of the United Auto Workers Union, which is a huge labor union here in the United States. The workers overwhelmingly rejected a labor contract that was struck earlier this month between the union and uh, John Deere. I think like 90% of the workers uh, said no to this agreement. So pickets have been set up. Uh, The members are organized. They are ready to uh, fight for a contract that believe that they believe will meet their needs. That's according to uh, one of the regional directors of the union. The deal that they agreed upon earlier this month would have provided wage increases, uh, 5% to a lot of workers, 6% for others. Uh, The workers, their complaint is that they made a lot of concessions uh, during the pandemic in particular. Uh, Because of COVID, a lot of people worked a lot of extra hours. Um, There were labor shortages. There are still labor shortages, and uh, they want more. John John Deere is doing very well financially. They're going to make a ton of money this year. Um, so the the workers are not happy with the situation here. Uh, the labor shortages, which are are a nationwide issue, are definitely a bargaining chip. I would say for the um, for the workers and the people who are on strike here. Uh, Deere employs a total of about twenty eight thousand people in the U S. and Canada. I believe most of those who are on strike are in Illinois, Iowa, and Kansas. Uh, there has not been a, a strike at John Deere since nineteen eighty six. Uh, when they went on strike in 86, that lasted 163 days. So uh, what does this mean for those of you who are running the green combines uh, at this very moment? I'm not too sure. Um, you're going to find out before I do, I would imagine. But next time you need uh, parts or repairs or uh, anything along those lines, is is this going to be problematic? How long uh, is this uh does this strike last? How long is this an issue? I really don't know, but I would probably venture to say that this is is a fairly big story. NOPA will release September crush data this or uh, tomorrow morning rather. Traders expect kind of a weak number, 155 million bushels expected. That would be a three month low if confirmed. That would be down 2.4 percent from August, down 4 percent from September 2020 if realized. Uh, September is typically not a good month for soybean crush in general. Uh, processors waiting on 
new crop beans. That issue probably exaggerated this year because uh, the old crop bean situation was so tight-headed in the harvest. The availability of physical beans was just not that great. So you're going to see a kind of lackluster crush number tomorrow, but I would expect that crush number to improve uh, fairly significantly in the coming months. You've got a, a sell-off in the soybean market, so beans are cheaper. You've got a struggling export program. There's going to be a lot more beans out there that these processors can crush. So I would expect this to improve, but you're probably not going to see that tomorrow. Consumer prices were higher than expected in in uh, September. So this is some more inflation data. We saw the CPI report yesterday. CPI, the consumer price index, was up 0.4% in September. Traders expected a number near 0.3%. So in the 12 months through September, uh, CPI increased 5.4%. Uh, versus 5.3% in August. So we're essentially running inflation on the consumer side at the highest level since 2008. Uh, CPI peaked. It was less than 6% in 2008 in July and August, and we're pretty close to that level here. So is this thing going to go like off the charts here and we're going to get back up or above 2008 levels? Um, that's certainly a possibility. In terms of where you're seeing the inflation, uh, energy costs are probably the biggest one. Year-over-year year, energy costs, according to this index, are up almost 25%. Food costs up 4.6% year-over-year. All items minus food and energy up 4%. So this inflation story continues. It's the result of a lot of things. Supply chain bottlenecks, um, logistics issues, uh, government money printing, stimulus, all that stuff, contributing factors here. EIA had a report out yesterday. This was the short-term energy outlook report, and they lowered its ethanol. They lowered their ethanol production forecasts uh, for both this year and next year. They said that production will average 960,000 barrels per day this year. The previous forecast was 970. Uh, the number for next year revised down to 1 million barrels per day from 1.01 previously. Uh, ethanol production averaged 910,000 in 2020. Um, these are not great numbers that they're projecting. I hope that they're wrong. I think that they could be wrong. Um, I think we're going to start grinding a lot more corn for ethanol here shortly. Cash corn prices uh, have come down drastically, not only because the board's come down, but uh, maybe a bigger factor is that basis has really fallen apart versus pre-harvest levels in a lot of areas of the country. You've got rising energy prices. So I think the incentive is is definitely there to see uh, increased ethanol output. EIA not necessarily suggesting that. We will see our weekly report from EIA out a little bit later this morning. The next seven days will bring uh, more rain to some areas of the eastern Corn Belt. And some of these areas have been kind of wet to begin with. But um, here's the next seven days in terms of expected precipitation. Um, Missouri, southern two-thirds of Illinois, a whole bunch of Indiana, Ohio, uh, down into Kentucky, Tennessee, and, and further east Michigan. Areas further east of that are going to see some rain. And then the plains, western Corn Belt, I mean, some scattered rains, but generally dry. So I don't see a, a lot of issues here. Um, in terms of uh, the last three days, there was a lot of rain in a lot of places. So you're going to see some some minor, you know, I'm not going to call them delays. We'll, we'll say harvest will be stalled here for a moment. But row crop harvest in this country is running ahead of schedule uh, relative to the five-year average. So I don't see any major issues here. This is just run-of-the-mill 
fall rain type stuff. Now in Brazil, uh, they have turned wetter, and I had my Brazil map here. Uh, they've caught quite a bit of rain here over the last two weeks. Uh, these dark green areas over three inches uh, on my map here, and then uh, lesser amounts certainly in a lot of areas. And the forecast is very wet. Um, I don't have that map here, but if you pull up the uh, the forecast for rain for Brazil, uh, very, very wet here for the next couple of weeks. So Brazil started the growing season with a very significant moisture deficit uh, for a lot of the country. And it's pretty normal for rains to return around this time of year. Uh, you know, it's spring in Brazil. They catch rains in the spring. And um, this is, is going to help to improve their situation and production potential. So as it stands here this very moment, I would make the argument that uh, Brazil has all the potential in the world to produce a record corn crop, to produce a record soybean crop. We know that they are planting record acreage of both. So um, it's it's all still very, very possible the way we stand here today, especially uh, given these rains and given the forecast. Cattle market finished lower yesterday. Cash cattle on the Fed cattle exchange was 124 to 124 and a half. Uh, in the cash market outside of that, you had bids 122 to 124, asking prices as high as 125. The box beef market a little bit lower yesterday. Outside markets, um, we've got a rally in the stock market. The S&P is up 33. The Dow Jones is up 240. U.S. dollars off a little bit, bonds up a little bit, precious metals are just a little bit higher. Crude oil is up 92 cents at 81.36 and the November WTI contract. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow.